Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. I am thrilled to let the world uh, get to know my good friend, uh, Jose, who is on the show with us today. We are going to get into it. Um, his amazing story was featured in Hustle Believe Received. So those of you who've read the book um, know his story, hopefully are following his journey on Insta as well. Um, and if you don't, you're going to want to because we are we're going to break down um, what the hustle is all about, what it takes to be rel- relentless. This guy has inspired me since, God, like 2011. Um, so welcome to the show, everybody. Olympic, future Olympic champion. I'm just going to put that into the universe. Uh, Jose Lewis, Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, you've, you've been doing such amazing work, uh, again, since 2011, and it, it's, it's awesome to see where you've come. It's awesome to see where you're at and where you're going. So thank you. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. And uh, so I'm just going to take everybody back a little bit. Um, we first connected, yeah, like 2011, 2012, something like that. All I know is I was living in mm-hmm. Seattle at the time, so that was a while ago. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I really kind of just started putting out a lot more about my future boards and, you know, was posting about them. And I was still working a full-time job and stuff, never really imagined doing this full-time at that point. Um, but I wanted to share what I was learning about manifesting. And I think you like, commented on one of my pictures, and you're like, hey, I've been manifesting too. And so we wound up having a great conversation, um, which turned into a friendship that I'm so grateful for because, um, like I said in, in the post that I put on my story the other day, um, you know, whenever we've been in the same city, we've always had, had lunch or got together and had a conversation. And I remember one specifically when we were in Santa Monica um, before the book came out, I want to say, and we just, like, talked up a freaking storm. <laughs> and we were talking manifesting, we were talking dreams, we were talking about never giving up. I think I probably shared with you at that point the dream that I had to live what I'm doing right now, which I had never told anybody at that point. Uh, It was just a lot. And I remember leaving there just going like, I just felt so rejuvenated, you know, like, so I just want to, I want to first off, thank you for that. And thank you for that inspiration all these years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I believe energies, energies flow, you know, energies flow together and you're, you're meant to meet the right people in the right time. And, you know, having the opportunity to sit down and have that conversation with you in 2011. Cause I think at that time I was living in Virginia at that point. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And and I just, just, dream, just graduated. What you're doing now is so yeah. was a dream. Like you were either <laughs> in college or just getting out of college or something like that. Yeah. 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 And so just to see, just to see where like minds, you know, can, can support each other and to even both of us getting to the point where we're at right now and all of the, you know, achievements that we're currently sewing into, uh, again, it was no accident, was no accident. That's right. never is, right? So tell um, mm-hmm. our listeners, tell, tell us your story. Um, you know, some, some listeners will have read um, the story in the book, but some will have not. So take us back 
Um, first of all, your dream right now, I would guess, is to be an Olympic champion. Um, so where did that yes. whole journey start? Take us way back. For sure. So, uh, so we're going all the way back to Spring Valley, New York. Um, about, I'd say about eight years old at this point. Um, I, I grew up dancing. I was a dancer for about eight years, from about the age of eight to 16. Um, ballet, modern dance, tap, musical theater, you name it. Um, I was, that was the vibe. Um, and I'm one of five children, um, Haitian immigrants, um, loving parents, mother and father still together to this day. And at the time when I turned about 15 and I was transitioning into my senior year of high school, I had done sports, but really wasn't really into sports. I was more so still into the dance. Um, my father ended up actually taking me out of the whole musical theater realm and wanted me to focus more on sports. And at the time, you know, the way I looked at it, it was like, okay, let me support my parents. Cause my dad was driving me from after school programs about a good half hour away to this performing arts school that I got a scholarship for. And you know, at the time, I know my dad was working two jobs. My mom was working two jobs as well, also trying to put food on the table. Uh, my dad was like, listen, I want you to start doing sports because my other brother was a sport phenom at the time. And I always looked at, at dance as an outlet for me, um, musical theater as an outlet for me. I, I was very introverted as a child. Still kind of introverted now, too, but very introverted as a child. So I got a lot of my emotions and a lot of what I was thinking out through my body. So going to a dance studio was kind of like my therapy. Going to the dance studio was my zen place. And at the time, my dad was like, hey, listen, you know, traveling back and forth, um, it, it's not conducive to, you know, the amount of money, you know, that we're spending on the school and just taking there. Because, again, I was on scholarship, but just like the travel. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I bit the bullet and I was like, okay, dad, you know, if, if, if sports is what you want me to do, then I'll do sports. Um, only later to find out about a, my freshman year of college that it was more so my dad didn't see it as a male thing to do. Um, gotcha, but at yeah. that point, you know, I was, I mean, I was knee deep. So, you know, and at the time I didn't really understand where he's coming from. I just looked at it as like, okay, um, all right, whatever, cool. I'll keep it moving. Um, but fast forward, you know, uh, the way I looked at it, it was like, you know, I always said, I didn't want my parents to pay for me to go to school. Um, Five kids, immigrant parents, I already seen how much they were, you know, working hard to, to put food on the table. I was like, if I can get a full ride to college, I'm going to get a full ride to college, so that's one less thing I have to worry about. And I wow, yeah. buckled down, chin down, you know, and, and that's what I did. I, I landed a, a full ride at Temple University on a track and field scholarship. That's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, only to go there. And, and I ended up playing football and running track. Um, while there. And so wow. as I transitioned, you know, uh, grinding has always kind of been, you know, a part of my, my DNA. The hustle has always been a part of my DNA. But I've understood from watching my parents work hard for what they have that nothing comes, well, in America, nothing comes for free. Um, right. it, it takes yep. literally Gotta put in that buckling equity. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It takes buckling down. It takes you know, being in alignment with your vision and despite whatever the world throws at you, just staying, you know, staying in that alignment, holding on for dear life, even if it's in a tornado. Um, and so graduated college, post-graduation, 
um, you know, I had the opportunity to go pro with track and field. I knew I didn't want to go pro in, in, in the NFL um, because I knew my older brother had did it. And for me to do it, to me, the story in my mind is like, okay, this is me doing something else that my parents want me to do. Right. Or this is me following the footsteps of my older brother again. And I was like, I, I finally yeah, want to yeah. do something in my own. And so I ended up going pro with track. And I, I mean, I've lived in since that time. Um, this is 2011 when I graduated from Temple. Um, since that time, I've lived in seven different cities, one whole different country in pursuit to, you know, wow. winning that Olympic gold. And, and I'm still on that path now. And it's taking a lot of sacrifice. It's taken a lot of, you know, broken relationships, a lot of new relationships. And I tell you what, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. I wouldn't be the athlete that I am today. I wouldn't be the sibling or the mentor that I am today if it weren't for, you know, the struggles and the hard times that, you know, I was able to witness through my parents and experience through my own times. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about like dollar pack hot dogs for like, you know, two weeks. Yep, man, I feel you. Just to save. (laughs) Ramen, or we have like spaghetti with just butter because there's no sauce. (laughs) Or potatoes with just butter because there's nothing else. Yeah, I feel you. Just to get by, you know, just to get by and and understanding with with every single day that I lived through, realizing that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm so much better today than I was yesterday because I learned something from yesterday. And that, oh my God, you know, and just so keeping true. that, yeah, just keeping yeah, that going it, on and, and it, here I am today. It, it, it's so uh, inspiring, you know, first of all, the, the work that I've watched you put in since, since I met you in 2011, um, you know, in pursuit of this dream, I know, um, Rio, I think, was probably was that the, the last summer games, and yeah, I, I know that was mm-hmm. a bit of a heartbreak and and a setback. Yeah. And let's since we're talking about the hustle, and we're talking about we're we're lifting the veil on what it really takes to live a dream. It's not all shiny Instagram posts, right? It's real life. Right. It's fucking hard blows. It's devastation and happiness. It's all of that. But most people just are focusing on the shiny bits and I'm like, fuck that. I want to see the real, you know? So let's talk <laughs> yeah. about that because I know that, um, that that whole journey and that whole process had to have been tough. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So when we had first met in 2011, I had just declared that actually competing for the country of Haiti at the London Olympics. And then I ended up actually moving shortly after that um, I had moved to France. I was training in France, getting ready for the London Olympics, um, only to get injured right before. And uh, so, right. you know, yeah, right, right before being injured um, and then not being able to compete at the games. So then when I returned back to the States, it was like, okay, you know, the fact that I was able to make it that far without truly even being engulfed in what the pro-life was like or even because that was off of pure talent that was off right. of, you know a, a couple of months post-collegiate training also getting to train in like you know around the that was my first euro tour so to speak mm. um so when i got back in 2012 um from from europe i said you know what i want to do whatever is necessary so that when when rio comes about 
that there's no if ands or buts. There's no worrying about I won't get injured again. I'm actually going to go there and compete. And so um, I packed up my bags. I was living in New York at the, in Philadelphia at the time. Packed up my bags and I moved all the way to uh, North Carolina. And I was coaching and training out of Duke for about two and a half years. And while I was there, I mean, it was literally hustle. It was believing in what I was doing, um, grinding. I was training about seven hours a day, seven hours a day, wow. two times a day. Oh, my God. Um, diet changes, um, you know. And, and most people think, especially from the athletic standpoint, that, that the training is more so either on the court, on the field, um, in the gym. But it, it's also a lot of mental training that you're doing, too. Uh-huh, um, you know, 100%. It's, it's, it's going home after, it's going home after a long day on the track or a long day in the gym and watching video to kind of correct the things that you're doing or reading books even to understand the mindsets of those who came before you to see whether or not you can yep. take one or two things that you can implement into your daily routine that'll actually get you closer to that next step. And so, yeah. you know, through that process, getting myself geared up, and ready to go for Europe, um, excuse me, for, for Rio, and ended up falling short of Rio about, I fell short of Rio about 700 points. And so 700 points, that means I'm a decathlete, and how you qualify for the Olympics is by, is by point system. And so for those who don't know what the decathlon is, the decathlon is it's a 10 event. Um, it's a 10 event event in track and field. And so those 10 events consist of five events per two, in a range of span of two days. So the first day wow. would be the 100-meter dash, the long jump, the shot put, the high jump, and the 400. And then the next day would be the 110 hurdles, the discus, the pole vault, the javelin, and the 1500. And in every event, oh, you gain points. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Um, I would I definitely <laughs> say the crazy ones, the crazy ones are multi-eventers. <laughs> um, that is crazy. Yeah, so with every event, you gain points. And so heading into Rio, um, I fell short of about 800 points. Um, and, and when I tell you it's so close, like, I mean, a, a fraction of a second could be 50 yeah, to 100 right. points. And, yeah, you've been training and doing all of this for that long. It's got to just be a heartbreak, you know, on one hand. Oh, for sure. And and that that hit me hard. Um, That hit me hard because, I mean, for the last five and a half years, you know, you've been training all the way up to this point and literally a second to a foot. Yeah. You know, here or there, you know, literally made the difference in whether or not, you know, I had the, I was closer to a chance of getting that, that gold medal around my neck. And so, um, you know, but then it's like you adjust, right? You know, you take that moment yeah. to be in the space of reflection. Um, I cried, you know, and, and in those tears, I was able to release what I released the weight. Of right. doubt, I released the, of the, the pressure weight of, the of the shame. disappointment of yeah of just mm-hmm. all that. So let's yeah. talk about that a little bit because for sure, um, I think you know so many so many people hit that obstacle, especially the big obstacle. You know, we have little obstacles all the time that we're overcoming in the pursuit of our dreams and the pursuit of success or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then when the thing, the thing you've been, you've poured everything into, you've laid everything on the line. Like you said, you've sacrificed relationships for it. Like you've been all in for, um, 
when that becomes the brick wall in front of you, it's, it, it can really devastate a lot of people in the way that they can't get up from that and they turn around and walk away. Um, but the people who eventually succeed are the ones who get up and figure it out. So talk to me about like what that was like and what you went through even in that, that process to continue. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, one of the biggest things that I've always gotten feedback on or some people kind of just wonder is like, how are you able to motivate yourself even when things just don't turn out the way that you wanted them to? Um, and I think I've come, I mean, trial and error, right? It, it's like, it's like how bad do I really want it? And what am I willing to do to mm-hmm. actually get there? And yep. through experiences, you realize that when things don't happen, if you like, if, if things don't happen the way that you wanted them to, if you decide, okay, you know what, screw it, I'm not even going to pursue it anymore, then that's your result. But if you're like, you know 100%. what, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again, and I'm going to do one thing different. If the result is even a, a, a glimpse different, you might not have actually achieved what you wanted. But if the result is even a slight bit different from the first time you tried and you received that failure, there's hope that the next time you try that, you'll actually succeed. And I've Absolutely. literally been living my life off of that single glimpse of hope. Um, and driven by my faith as well, understanding that, you know, God is with me and, and all things that happen to me are for me rather than against me, I've been yep. able to understand that. And everything that I go through, it's just a lesson to be learned and a lesson that I can now take into my next strategy or my next system of, of planning to get me closer to what it is that I want. So when I get those moments of, like, complete failure, when I get those moments where I feel like, you know, the world is just working against me, you know what? I acknowledge that. I sit there and I say, you know yeah. what? This fucking sucks. Yeah, feel it. Yep. Allow you know, I say, it. this sucks. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of, of feeling like I can't win. Like, like, like yeah. and, I, and I'll just I'll cry. I'll scream out, like, like, what do you want from me? Like, Yep. You know, like, I've been there so many me? times, my God. Like, I'm done. I'm tired. Oh, my God. I can't right. take one more hit. For Christ's sake, open the door. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. And, it's, and, then, and then at that point, you, you know, I, 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 once that's done, you know, because at that point I'm reacting, right? I'm reacting right, to my, right. situ- my situation. Yeah. I'm and, reacting and to my situation. feeling the pain of it. Yeah. Exactly. And then once that reaction is done, once I'm once I've been able to literally get all of the stress and whatever emotions in me that I felt like a weight, once I get that out, then it's okay. How do I respond now? Yeah. Okay. Like like yeah. how do I respond to this situation? And what do I need to change? What do I need to change? I think exactly. someone had told me a while ago. I don't even remember who, but um, maybe like five or six years ago, when I was really kind of feeling like I was floating in between, should I stay in corporate? Should I do this? Like it was really floating, and I was kind of trying all these random things. And I remember he was like, "What are you really good at? Like do that thing, <laughs> you know?" And so all the time I'm coming back, even in my business, like. What is making me money? Let's let's start there. It doesn't mean that's where you have to like be forever, but like start at one thing. So a lot of times after a disappointment, I'll I'll come back and I'll be like, okay, and I didn't. I'm never again. I'm always trying to do that analysis 
like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm learning this lesson one time, motherfucker. I'm not going through this shit again. <laughs> so let, right. let me be real clear on what my lesson was so that I don't do that again. And then let's do this again. Do you do anything like that on, on like really kind of, I, I think those, those disappointments teach us how to be better. You know, they always say it makes me yeah. stronger and it does, but I also think it like makes you fucking way better. Absolutely. The worst thing, you, the worst thing, I mean, the, the concept of insanity, right, is doing the same thing over and over again to get the same result. Yep. Um, you're going to get to a point, and, I, and, and based off of my experience with you and what you just shared, you get to a point where you're like, yo, man, fuck this. Like, I'm tired of, I'm tired <laughs> exactly. of failing. Like, how do I just kill exact it now? Way. I'm tired of fucking around. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, but, you know, it's, it's when you allow yourself to get that, it's when you allow yourself to get that to that point where you're literally willing to do whatever it takes, and that is that risk. That is when you decided, you know what, I'm going to stop yes. doing the corporate job and take my life on. Yeah, because I just honestly, had a total, if, like, if you stayed in that space, you'd probably still working. You'd probably still be working yeah. corporate, and we probably would not be having this conversation. Exactly. I just had an epiphany. I think, I think those. Um, those big kind of like heartbreak obstacles. And I've had so many, Oh my God, like countless amount um, in this time um, are, are the thing that get you to strip away all the other bullshit. You know, like we leave the judgment of others behind. We stop caring what other people think about us. We stop caring if people are um, saying, Oh, they're doing this. Like it's, it's one of those things. It's almost like, and you've probably experienced this as an athlete, but I, I always see it in movies, and I do it myself when I go on stage, right, where everything just clears. Like there's a bunch of noise, you hear it all, and then you get that, that zen place in your head where all the noise clears, and boom, there you go. And I kind of feel like that is what some of those, those heartbreaking obstacles do for us, is they get us to that place where we're finally like, you know what? I don't give a fuck about like how how hard I have to go to I, like you know like nothing else matters obviously family and stuff like that but but it really mm-hmm. is the thing that hones almost relentless pursuit in us and without it I feel like we would not be able to handle the success well if it came right away and you know I think there's a lot of lessons that um, it teaches us to be prepared you know. And, and this, pro- this process for you has probably done so much of that, too. You're probably such a stronger athlete, um, you know, than you were in, in London and all of those things. Mm-hmm. What are some of the lessons I love that you just said that. you've learned? Yeah. Well, so I love that you just said that it teaches you to be prepared. I love that you mm-hmm. just said that. And the reason why I say that is because most of the time we don't realize, like, we, we're, we, we, we are a human we are a specimen that literally just focuses on what's happening in this point in time. Yeah, so true. Not understanding that what, what, what's happening in this point in time, you might not understand it, but it's actually preparing you for something that's actually going to happen to you two or three years down the line. Yep, preparation, man. And, but, yes, but because we're so fixated and we, oh, we are, a, we are a, um, an Insta, right, Instagram, we are, yep. we are an Insta yep. Type. We live in an Insta society where we want something done now. We want results now. That sometimes we're not even in the recognition that what we are sowing and what the actions that we take today may not get us the result in the next five or ten minutes. But if we stay along the line and we stay on the course, we'll get the result two yep. months or two weeks from now. 
And so Absolutely. with that or preparation two and yeah. that, as or two years, as long as you don't quit, but, and then you're also in the, in the understanding that you're also manifesting what you want because you're not just doing it just to do it, but you have a firm belief in that what I'm doing yeah. today will actually get me where I want to get to two to three to four months later Ooh, from now so or two bad. years from now. And I'm so okay with bad. that. And having to accept yeah. that. Having to that's accept so that because, because if you don't what, accept it, go ahead. Yeah, that's what gets you out of bed, right? Like that's what, that's yes. what makes you go train for 14 hours a fucking day, right? Like it's right. that saying, hey, if I train really hard today, if I adjust this one thing in my diet, if I whatever, um, I'm going to see those results when it's qualifying meet time or whatever. Exactly. Um, and I think so many people lose sight of the fact, and I coach this all the time with clients, is like, Yes, we have to have that big vision. Like the vision of you standing on the podium would probably be a big vision of yours, right? That you've, I'm sure, lived in your mind a million times already. You've, you've seen it. You've felt it. Like you, it's part of you. Um, we have to have that because that's the thing that keeps us going. But then we also have to have that understanding that the hour I put in today, if that's all I can give, or the 10 hours I put in today, if I can, every single piece of that all adds the puzzle and without it you don't yeah. get the completed puzzle for they sure. all are part for of sure. the win they're all part of it for sure yeah. yeah yeah so what is um what are what are some of those those lessons that you've learned um maybe the last three to five years that have made you stronger wiser maybe more determined oh um top top lesson everything happens for me um mm-hmm. everything everything happens for me rather than against me and and that's the great days training and the bad days training um it's 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 understanding that literally there's a lesson and if i go into if i go into whatever it is that i'm doing and i and i and i literally feel that whatever is going to happen in this moment i can take something from it then i'm always constantly in growth Yep. See, when you stop when you stop growing, it's like you, you cease to you cease to exist. You cease to live in your purpose. You cease to you cease to add to the collective. And the mindset that I've gained within the last three to four years has been to always take every opportunity to grow and take every opportunity to give to whatever the environment that I'm in as well as take from it. And so now what I've done is I've created, a, I've created a dance, not just with myself, but with the universe, to where the universe knows that just as much as I'm taking from these, these lessons, just as much as I'm taking from these situations and these opportunities, I'm also giving back. Um, because, I, I, I mean, personally, that, that's, that's, the purpose that, that's the purpose that I believe we're here for. That's the purpose that I know that God has put me on this yeah. earth for, is not to just be a taker, but also to give back. And, you know, pass it on, exactly, pass it on. So the biggest lesson uh, of of all the lessons that I've taken on is literally whenever I'm in a situation, if I can give to the space, then give to the space just as much as I'm taking from the space. And in a... a, Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say there's so much other things that you've learned along the way that maybe a lot of athletes don't know, too. You know, so in giving back that space, you're giving the knowledge and the training and probably a lot of the, the physicality of it. But knowing you as I do, 
there's a lot of other components and you mentioned it earlier uh mindset is such a big piece of it vision mm-hmm. is such a big piece of it relentlessness is such a huge piece of it yeah. so passing those skills on to young athletes or athletes who may not know how to do any of that is super critical so tell us about your mindset and when did you become kind of aware of what a heavy role that plays in your ultimate success Totally. So my mindset, um, so about two and a half years, no, not, well, it wasn't that long ago, about, well, I've always had this mindset that, and and this mindset actually came from, I, I don't want to, and I don't take my words so heavy, but I want to say it came from a negative place. And what I mean by negative place is because I was using a negative experience to fuel who I was and who mm, I yeah, wanted to be. Yeah, I totally get that. And and what I mean by that is I've always had this mindset, it's me against the world. No one's going to give me what I want. No one's, no one's for me. So you know what? Screw everybody. Screw the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen so that when I get there, I can just laugh at everyone. And whereas I, I, I definitely – Yeah, exactly. Whereas, whereas it definitely fueled me, whereas I, I, achieve, I, I have achieved a lot of greatness because of that mindset, what I did notice that was that I was very alone and I was by myself. Yep. I was going to say you manifested the exact, the exact replica of it, right? Yeah. The exact replica of it. And it, 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 and it, it was, it was in that concept where it's like, rather than saying what you don't want, say what you do want. Right. Oh. So. Boom. And, People listen to that. <laughs> Repeat that, please. Just like, please. Yeah. This is like know, what like I'm rather, every day. I'm like, someone else hear it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like rather, rather than saying what you don't want, preach what you do want or say what you do want, because what you do is you're breathing life into that. Like for instance, uh, I'll, I'll use a, a modern day situation going on right now. Like um, I don't want racism to exist anymore. But me saying I don't want racism to exist anymore, what I'm doing, I'm grieving into the fact that racism is still a thing. Focusing on racism. So rather than, exactly. So rather than saying, rather than saying I don't want racism to exist anymore, I can say something like, I want us as a collective human race to live in peace and harmony. Right. So I just changed the whole entire concept. I'm, I'm speaking about the, the outcome as opposed to what is in the here and now. Yes. And so, oh my God. And that translates to every part of your life. It, like once you understand that literally across the board, it, you have to put it in every play. Yeah. single, every single aspect. And, and from the athlete standpoint, I used to always say to myself, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing. I don't want to lose anymore. I don't want to lose anymore. Mm. I don't want to lose anymore. And then the, the concept in my mind, I was like, I keep on saying what I don't want. Well, what do I want? Yeah. Well, and, so and what's fixed saying, in you know your what? brain as a mantra is the word losing. So that is the word yes. that's actually manifesting from a manifesting standpoint. So it has to turn it's a into double negative. I am a winner. I'm a winner. <laughs> yes. Like, or I'm exactly. the champion. Yeah. Has exactly. To. And, oh, and, and, so speak, and speaking those affirmations in and saying, you know what? Next, next, next meet, I'm going to win. I am a winner. There Next meet, go. I'm going to jump yep. this. Next meet, I'm going to run this time. Rather than saying, I don't want to run this time. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I do. That's just so much negative that I'm reinforcing into my life 100%. as opposed to the positive. 
And so as an athlete and, and some of the lessons that I've taken on as an athlete is start speaking to the things that I want as opposed to the things that I don't want to happen. Man, I hope everyone is just pausing and listening and writing some fucking notes because, like, this right now, what you're talking about literally is probably one of the biggest game changers for most people. I mean, if you don't do all the other eight, ten things that I prayed to this one thing because – and women and men do this in dating. I mean, that's, that's another great example, like a black and white mm. example, right? Super blatant. Mm-hmm. Um, people will say, oh, I don't want a guy who does all this, and I'll have a giant list, right? Or I don't want a girl mm-hmm. who does all this. And then I'll look at them and be like, cool, what do you want? And they'll be like, meh, meh, mm-hmm. meh, meh. And I'm like, okay, so tell me the last four relationships you've had. Oh, yeah, they're everything I didn't want. Duh. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's crazy, but, like, you were asking the universe for everything you didn't want. Like, you have to be able to flip that, and you can flip it in everything. You can flip it in work. You can flip it in relationships. You can, and so clearly, obviously, um, in what you're doing as well, but people can do it in their business. It's like, man, stop focusing on what you don't want. Even if you're trying to say you don't want it, your brain is only going to attach to those the power words, the words that really stick to you, those are the words that are going to manifest, the words like loser. Yeah. Those, that's the ones that are going to show up. Winner now will send a new message out to the universe, say, hey, all right, I want to back that one up instead. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Yeah. So I know you believe in manifesting, as do I. Mm-hmm. Um, how, did, how did you kind of learn about it? Was it through some of the books that you were reading on mindset? And, and what have you manifested or have you manifested? I know you do your future boards too. Cause I know you sent me a picture yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my, my, my girlfriend actually, um, her name is Ashley, Ashley and Laura. She's actually a, she's also a vision board coach as well. Um, oh, that's awesome. and I had met her. Yeah. I'd met her about three years ago and she kind of like instilled this concept in my mind of like, Hey, Hey, listen, like you're a great manifester. And it's so funny. I didn't even realize that I manifested what I wanted because in my mindset, it's like, no, I'm not manifesting. I'm just saying I want something, and I'm going to do whatever it takes and whatever it takes and whatever is necessary for me to get it. But and that's how you manifest. Yep. Exactly. So what I realize, and I'm even realizing in this point, is manifestation is not just a word, but it's also an action. And you can Absolutely. sit there and say, oh, I want this to happen. I'm just going to keep saying it every single day, and it's magically going to happen. And it's probably not. Um, manifestation is exactly. it's a twofold. You get to also put in these steps. And manifestation also, you know, doesn't look like, okay, I want a million dollars, so I'm going to go out tomorrow and buy a lottery ticket every single day to win a million dollars. No. It's, okay, well, what gets to happen for you to get that million dollars? Okay, you know what? I'm going to go team up with this individual who I know has this network of extraordinary people, share with them what my product is or whatever it is that I do so that that person can then share my vision with his friends and then enroll his yep. friends into my vision, which would then want them to, to speak with me, which would then want them to invest in me, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then next you know, you just manifested a million dollars by not doing anything. But because yeah, you did I would say that. <laughs> exactly. I would say that manifesting happens in the form of an idea or an opportunity. Mm-hmm. In my experience over the last mm-hmm. decade, those are the two ways that it almost always, always shows up. Actually, always. I don't think I can ever trace a, a manifestation that wasn't in one of those two forms. So 
the opportunity is the one that 99% of the people miss <laughs> because they were mm-hmm. waiting for like a Mercedes to show up in their driveway. And they were like, wait, does that, I, I didn't think I had to do anything. It's like, no, bitch, come on. You have to like <laughs> stand up, get off your couch and fucking do something. Okay. Sorry to break yes. it down. Um, <laughs> but, and then the, then the other one, um, you know, is an idea. And that one really kind of shook me when I realized that because there's how many times do we have great ideas? Just, just like in the example you were just giving, Hey, you know, I have this business idea. I want to talk to a mentor. I want to talk to someone who's maybe already doing it, who's connected, who can, whatever, that's an idea. And that's, and and people are like, ah, I don't know if I know enough. I don't know if I'm flush, flush the idea out enough, whatever, whatever. And so they sit on both of those things, and then they don't manifest. And they wonder why nothing happens. It's like, right. hey, you were looking for the wrong thing, man. <laughs> yeah. If you know that yeah. you've got to be looking for those opportunities and to, to seize them, even when you're scared, even when, you know, you don't know how it's all going to pan out or whatever. Um, and if you actually take your ideas seriously – then, whoa, look look what can come from this. And you've done that, right? Like you've taken those opportunities that have been there. You've taken um, ideas and turned them into dreams and turned them into daily actions. And you don't get to the Olympics without freaking training people. Like (laughs) anyone who thinks (laughs) you manifest dreams without fucking working is insane. It just does not happen that way. And I think I had a lot of problems with um, the way traditional law of attraction stuff was because I was like, dude, this whole giant piece of the pie is missing. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know one successful person who's doing what they want to do in life and sat on their couch the whole time and never took action. Um, But the Mm -hmm. the action doesn't have to be perfect, right? Um, Talk to us a little bit about that, like what what you've learned and maybe pivoted over time and um, figured out about how you change. Like, I'm sure your training is different than it was a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. yeah. I know you've done other things. You've modeled and done other things, taken other opportunities as they come up. So how do we kind of be open and a little flexible as well when we have a, a, a strong dream? Absolutely. So um, I, I'm a firm believer, and I share this with you, that I believe uh, so leaders, leaders are change masters. And, and what that means is when change comes about, leaders don't just sit on the sideline and, and, and wait for somebody else to take the lead to create what it is that they want. Um, they are the first persons to jump up, take the circumstances that they're given, and, and take the lemon and make lemonade. Um, and so for me, you know, over time, first, track and field is about 20% of track and field athletes, professional athletes, make over about 60000 200000 a year. So it's not a very, especially in the U.S., it's not a very lucrative profession. Right. Um, and so, you know, I get to create, you know, other opportunities for me to bring in income so that I can sustain my daily living, so that I can sustain the, the diet that I'm on, so I can sustain, excuse me, sustain the training facilities, so I can sustain the, you know, the, the, the meat payments and the traveling to, you know, across the seas, et cetera. And so with that, it's understanding that, okay, here is my situation. What do I get to change within me so that I can make that situation work? Because if I'm fixated on on this one, no, I get to only stay this particular way, then I'll never amount to anything because the world doesn't revolve around me, right? So because the world doesn't revolve around me, I get to understand that, there's going to be change 
that I get to step into that is necessary for me to get the things that I want. And so I don't yes. sit on the sidelines when things happen to me. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a person that is going to, like, this whole COVID thing hit, right? If you don't know, the majority, I would say about 90 to 95% of, of, of track and field or track facilities or gyms are closed in the U.S. And so right. COVID hit. I haven't been able to touch the track in three and a half months. Have I sat on my butt at home waiting for the tracks to open up? No. There's a whole world outside right. with a bunch of paved road. Get your ass outside and go <laughs> exactly. run. Yep. <laughs> you know, you got, exactly. you got two gallons of water in the fridge. You just made yourself two five-pound bottles of dumbbells, right? So yep. it's, it's creating what is necessary for me to still stay in the process of achieving my goals. And so when I, when I take the circumstances that are given to me, and again, I realized that these were given to me so that I can overcome rather than these were given to me so that I can stay where I'm at. I change what is necessary to actually still remain successful. To make it happen. Yeah, so yeah. true. And, um, and I loved what you said, too, about, you know, when circumstances change or things change, you're taking on whatever you need to do. You're taking a job if you need to to make sure that um, those bills get paid or whatever. And a lot of times I think people are, are afraid to, to do that because then they're like, oh, am I not committed to my dream? Does that mean my dream is failing or that I'm not successful at whatever? And I'm like, man, get rid of all that thinking because I, I look at it the other way. I look at it like, hey, if I'm willing to take a waitressing job while I'm you know, building a career as an author or whatever it is I got to do, mm-hmm. that just means I'm even more committed. It doesn't, it doesn't mean sure. that I'm, you know, like a failure. It means that I'm smart and I don't want to starve. <laughs> so yeah, I like my yeah. children to eat. So while I'm pursuing yeah. this dream, I'm going to do whatever it is I need to do to make that happen. Um, and it does not mean that we fail when we have to do those no. adjustments. There's going to be a lot of adjustments along the way there's going to be times where like the finances hit the skids when you know you thought you had an investor and you didn't or you thought someone had your back and they didn't whatever it's the ability I think that separates people who succeed and those who don't is they're still willing to figure it out in all those circumstances and they know that a detour or adding something else to their plate isn't the end of their story you know what I mean it's, at all it's at just all. I mean it's the end yeah, I'll share with you. So my 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 girl um, Ashley would always say to me, you know, because I, I I got in that position. Was like, okay, listen, like I'm training, I'm training, I'm training, I'm training, but you know, like, you know, bills are still coming, and so yep. I had to make a decision to get a job. And one of the things I was I was really going through a hard time, and you'd say like, oh, this is going to take about you know four to five hours out of my day. And she would say, well, Jay, what if you looked at it differently? What if you looked at it from the concept of this job? is giving you income so that you can then sew back exactly. into your Exactly. Exactly. I tell people that and I was like, the You're time. so right. Like, <laughs> yeah. use your day job to fund your dream. Like, well, yes. nothing is better. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the double hustle. I did it for seven years until I couldn't do it anymore. But mm-hmm. thank God that I was able to because it funded me to be able to write a book. It funded me to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, start my company and learn how to coach and do all of those things. And without it, if I had just leapt into it without any, you know, 
funding and just been like, oh, I'm going to fly, <laughs> I would not have flown. <laughs> I'll tell you that right mm-hmm. now. I'd have been a pancake at the bottom of that canyon. Um, so right. it's totally okay to do, you know, to do whatever it takes in that hustle to get you where you want to go as long as that end dream is clear. So as we kind of wrap up here, tell me a little bit about what that dream looks like for you. Is that something that you run like a movie in your head or you visualize about what is that ultimate dream look like? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my ultimate dream is, you know, so my plan is to retire after this Olympic games. Um, mm. and clearly, you know, God, God had different plans cause that was supposed to be this year. Um, and I've accepted that I'm super excited for what's available to me and the lessons that I've learned just so far. So after these, these next Olympic games, um, you know, my plan is to retire. And, you know, I just started a career as an IT recruiter slash agent, and it's been amazing. Um, you know, it's, it's back to the whole yeah. manifestation thing. I always wanted to be a sports agent, right? right? And then I became a pro athlete and got an agent, and I was like, man, I don't want to be a sports agent anymore. But, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I always loved, I loved what a sports agent did, does because a sports agent creates an opportunity to support somebody in achieving their dreams. Yeah, and, and connecting. It's and, like, yeah, kind of a dream yeah, maker. Yeah, connecting with own, people. All right. Yeah. And it's so crazy because it's here. Here I am now, full circle, where I'm like a sports agent, but for tech technology people. So I just right. find that funny. As like I'm still I'm still able to live my dream. It might look different than what I had expected it to look yep. like. But yet, it's and that happens, happening, right? You know, that happens a lot. And that yeah. happens. And you it, know, people say if you want to see God laugh. Yep. I was going to say, people plan, say, right? if you want to hear God laugh, tell me your plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Here I am. It's so interesting how it does happen. Um, a lot of this happened in my own journey, too, where, you know, you, you see things playing out one specific way, and then what I call an earthquake moment or, you know, one of those, those big heartbreaking things happen. And then on the other side of it, you're like, oh, it was because this was supposed to happen instead. And it's just a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a pivot on what you had. And you wind up, it winds up being so much better and you love it so much more. And half the time it's it's something that I would not have even thought about or been able to plan. That's the other thing about manifesting is like, if you put your your ultimate kind of dream and vision out there, the universe is going to find the best fit for you in that, you know, what is actually best for you. Um, beyond what we can even think or imagine most of the time. Um, So, so everybody, I want, I want you guys to uh, go follow Jose and follow his journey because uh, he was just telling me before we started recording that was it like a week before COVID hit, you were planning on doing all of your training for the 2020 Olympics because that was your plan to be um, competing for Haiti, right? So, So what, what's the plan now? So what it looks like now is we're, we're still waiting to, to figure out when, you know, competition is going to start back up again. Um, still in conversation with the IAAF, which is the International Athletic Federation, uh, just to see when they're going to allow us to, to get back out and travel and, and, and compete against other athletes. Um, safety is really the biggest thing for us right now. Um, and so right now I, I'm transitioning to summer training just to stay in shape, you know, maintain what, what yeah. I wasn't able to use um, as we get ready to what it looks like. So 
it's looking like I'll, I won't kick off my season until next January at this point. Um, but, hey, opportunity to train more. <laughs> exactly. It's got to be frustrating. I, I still feel for you because, like, you're uh, right there. But, again, yeah. that gives you one more year to just crush everything, to make those last little adjustments and go out in retirement with a big gold bang. Yes, yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey, and your wisdom with all of us today. Everybody go follow him on Instagram. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. Um, Jose, give them uh, your Instagram and and anything else, anywhere else they can follow your journey and support you. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, at sign J-O-S-U-E-L-O-U. Again, that's at sign J-O-S-U-E-L-O-U. Um, you could follow me on, on Facebook. It's just my full name. It's Josie Lewis, J-O-S-U-E-L-O-U-I-S. And uh, that's, that's pretty much how you can yeah. stay in contact. Uh, I love it. I love it. I'm um, so grateful for for everything that you've shared with us, and I know you're going to be uh, hearing from our listeners as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. For being Thank on the you. Show. It's been and an honor. It's been an honor. Absolutely, and everybody, go out there and hustle and thrive. Let's go. Let's get it. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.